<laughs> Welcome back to episode two of Zero to Sixty. That's Matt, I think, underneath that costume. I'm the dude. So uh, that's what you call me. I'm Brie Maestas. That's the dude. Uh, if you will, Zero to Sixty, episode two is rolling. Happy Halloween. Obviously, the trade deadline drops at 2 p.m. Matt will be live at that time, so who knows what he's going to be talking about. But we got a good top six for you again on a Tuesday morning. I want to start off with the Nugs win again. They're undefeated. They top the Mountain West in pursuit of a back-to-back championship run. Beat the Jazz 110-102, and they've got some fun games coming up. But Nikola Jokic just casually tosses up triple-doubles every time he plays. How are you feeling about his performances here for the Denver Nuggets? I mean, I, I, you you know this, and everybody does, but I, I love my Nugs. And I, I'm bullish on the repeat. I think that they are head and shoulders better than pretty much everybody in the NBA. I mean, Milwaukee's trying to gel. Yeah. Um, Nicole Jokic is 30 triple doubles away from breaking the record. And... I, I, he might be able to do it this year. I mean, that's only at 29 last year, I think. So in the next, either this year or next year, he'll break the triple-double record, which is incredible for a big man. I can't even believe it. And just the greatness that we get to watch day in and day out, uh, you know, with, with the Denver Nuggets, it's it, it feels like when I was a kid, and I was a massive Bull fan when I was a kid because I loved Michael Jordan and Rodman and all those teams. And I, I just, I remember being, you know, 10, 11 years old and begging my father to take me to like, take me here. They've got the game on there. And like, now I've got my boys, you know, doing the same thing. Like, dad, it's Sunday. How are we going to watch the Nuggets and the Broncos or whatever? <laughs> and it's just, it's so cool to have that in Denver. You know what I'm saying? To have that greatness right down the street to go see it whenever you want. I can't wait to go to a game. Um, that obviously is always fun down there at Ball Arena. So, you know, they're, they're 4-0, right? 4-0. Yep. They just hammered Oklahoma City as well. Um, I mean, the Nuggets, if I'm them, I'm trying to go 60 wins and, like, really put the NBA on notice because the rest of the West got better yesterday. And maybe we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But the NBA is chasing Denver right now real hard. And, and it seems like the Nuggets like – the the mantle like they have they have had zero rust whatsoever they look better now than they did last year okay so who stands in their way of repeating so james harden gets picked up by the clippers very late last night it dropped that the clippers had traded for james harden so la now has Kawhi. they have harden westbrook uh bones paul george it's a scary roster possibly six years ago <laughs> do you think <laughs> They play the Lakers on Wednesday, and I think it's a little bit of a battle of the has-beens. Do you think that the NBA is actually chasing? You you just said it. The NBA is trying to chase the Denver Nuggets yep. and build something that can actually contend. <laughs> Who stands in their way? Because it's not it's not the Lakers. Nope. It's it's probably not Golden State. Nope. So as teams continue to try to build their super teams with James Harden, good luck. What what's going to happen here and who stands in their way? And look, Harden going to the Clippers is obviously them trying to fortify, right? Mm-hmm. Just find, add another good player. But I, I don't know if you can just I remember a Lakers team with like Gary Payton and Malone and like Shaq and Kobe and they had they had dudes everywhere and they got beat in the finals. So I don't think in the West, the teams that really 
don't think anybody scares me necessarily, but if I think somebody can push Denver, I think it's a healthy Phoenix. I think a healthy Phoenix is probably the most competitive draw we're going to get. You mean Suns and four Phoenix? Sun, yeah, those sons of bitches, yeah. But <laughs> I think they'll give us the hardest run. Okay. Last year they pushed us the hardest in the playoffs. It was 2-2, and then Denver went to Phoenix and closed them in Denver. Uh, or, or flip that. They won in Denver and closed it in Phoenix, I believe. Um, the Lakers are going to push us, but we are head and shoulders better than them. I don't think this makes the Clippers that much better. The teams that I think can really push Denver – we are in the East. Like, I think Milwaukee, when they figure this out, getting Damian Lillard, he dropped 40 opening night and then six the night after. Uh, but when Giannis and Lillard figure out how to play together and Middleton can figure out how to insert himself because he's not the number two anymore, now he's the third option. I think that's a team that we really have to worry about. Uh, and then Boston got a lot better. They got a lot bigger um, and more physical so they can deal with guys like Nikola Jokic and Embiid. Uh, now look, before we move on to the NFL, uh, here on zero to 60, I, I think, and I'm hoping for Denver, Milwaukee in the finals because Milwaukee, Giannis has two MVPs in a ring and some, some playoff exits that have been questionable in the past last year included. And Jokic has two MVPs in a ring and some playoff exits in the past that have been just him doing everything with his team hurt. So I want Milwaukee to stay healthy. And I want Denver to stay healthy and meet in the finals. Oh my God! Can you imagine the just? I understand that like the the coast elites will be pissed because it's in the middle of America. But that finals would just be a knockdown, drag out street fight because that's like for the the future of the NBA in this like eight to ten year bubble that these two players are in, right? Like it was. It was LeBron and Steph before this, and Kawhi was kind of sprinkled in there with a couple of titles. And now it's the the Jokic era and the Giannis era. And who's gonna who's gonna get the next MVP? Who's gonna get the next the next Larry O'Brien? And I, I just don't see a world where they don't find a way to play each other in the finals a couple of times. That would be pretty dope. I'm just glad you didn't mention Philadelphia because I actually Ooh. can't stand it. Who? They have a basketball team? <laughs> Who? Orlando Johnson's in the chat over on YouTube. And if you'd like to join too, all you got to do is search for Zero to 60 Pod. Come find us. Or Matt and I have tweeted out the link so you can jump on in the chat and conversate with us until about 930. The Clips are chasing the Suns. The Nuggets could be the version of the 2016 Golden State Warriors. The Nuggets are legit. Orlando, I agree with you. They are legit. I don't see a lot of teams standing up against this uh, Nuggets team, even after the turnover in the offseason. Obviously, the loss of Bruce Brown did hurt, but you're seeing right now that uh, there's a lot of people stepping up in his place, and that's exactly what you wanted to see. The Nuggets made the right move there. I'm not really too concerned about how this roster is currently constructed, and as they remain undefeated through the I would say the early part of this season, it's going to be a fun run. Matt already mentioned it before. What a nice surprise, I guess it was, for us to be able to enjoy the Nuggets last year. We knew they were going to go far. We knew they had a really great chance of winning that NBA championship. But it was fun as a fan of sports in the Mile High City as we continue to be burdened by the Denver Broncos that we get to watch the, the, the Nuggets and the Aswin Championship. So hopefully a back-to-back trophy is in our near future. Uh, and we'll be talking about the abs shortly, probably not today, because we have NFL to talk. And I want to talk to you, Matt, about the Detroit Lions and the Raiders and Monday Night Football, because right now we're considering whether or not the Lions are the real deal. Mm-hmm. So Jared Goff had some questionable decisions last night, but I, I think see. that he's in contention 
for top 10 quarterback conversations right now. He's at least in the top 15, the top half of the league. They were able to beat the Raiders. I don't know if that's saying much because Josh McDaniels' defense consists entirely of only Max Crosby. Um, so I, I, I don't know what I'm exactly looking for there from Jared Goff, but the Raiders' offense is Jimmy G, 147 yards, an interception, and their top receiving target was Josh Jacobs. So did the Lions beat affordable team? I, I don't know, but I do think the Lions are the real deal, deal here. So they're six and two now. Uh, Jared Goff is, is doing what he needs to do in order to help this team really move forward. But I want to talk about Jameer Gibbs because he averaged 5.8 yards per carry for 157 total. And the Lions run game could legitimately be what carries them into the playoffs and through the playoffs. So are the Lions the real deal? And look, six and two on top of the North with really no competition in that division. You know, Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. They're trying to trade for Jameis Winston, maybe see if that happens. But Minnesota's pretty much out of it at that point. Green Bay's not a playoff team. Chicago's terrible. <laughs> it they they can figure out a way to win 12, 13 games in Motown this year. And Dan Campbell's turned it around. Jared Goff has revived his career. He didn't look great last night, but he didn't need to. Yeah. I mean, he he threw a pick six to Marcus Peters and that ended up, you know, being seven of the 14 points the Raiders scored. They are anemic on offense. Their defense isn't terrible. They play hard. I mean, Bobby Yaga, Max Crosby, I thought he played his ass off again last night. The strip that he had when when Raymond was going to the ground, he reached in the pile and ripped it out. Mm -hmm. Like, it was – and then recovered it. That was a crazy play. How do you get the ball out and recover it? Also, it wasn't on the ground. It no, was, like, was, in like, the pile. He was, like, squirming over the pile. His knees weren't on the ground. He reached in <laughs> and, like, ripped it out. That's And it was, like, a scene from Alien or something. And, like, the ball pops out, like, that little thing that comes out from Alien, grabs you in the face. Like, that's what that, – that's just the way That's what about. flashed through your that's mind. It is Halloween mind. season, so that makes a lot of sense. Boom! <laughs> the Lions run game is covering up and masking some golf ups, but the, <laughs> the, the, the Raiders offense really isn't that that great. That uh, they don't truly have a quarterback, and I feel really bad for Devontae Adams. And as the well, trade deadline. Does all this feel bad for Devontae Adams? Okay, you're right. Okay, he chose to go there, but you chose. $100 million. I. He's a competitor. He wants to play. And right now, he got targeted fucking once. Well, I will say this. For was, 11 yards. And he had two throws that were, like, way over his head. He could have had 200 yards receiving and two tutties, too. I don't feel bad for him, but I understand the frustration. But I can't. I don't have any I'm Sorry. I see a player on the sideline, and he looks visibly upset because he's not being utilized. He wasn't pouting. He's not going out there and throwing the temper tantrum. But he looked pretty fucking pissed. Looked, so, yeah, I mad. feel... But sorry, I had a human emotion, and I felt bad for Devontae Adams, who plays for the Raiders. Like, I had a moment of human decency. Yeah, I'll take it back. I kind of feel bad for him, too. Poor okay, guy. Okay, there we I go. Mean, look, but I, he's making a lot of money. He is. And think, he lives in Vegas. But I think that somebody, if they're smart, would have to make a move. But the NFL has been entirely too quiet. And I want to talk a little bit about the moves that we do know uh, up towards the trade deadline. Yesterday, we found out Leonard Williams to the Seahawks. Devontae Adams could be on the move. But honestly, you're making that kind of contract. Who's picking that up? You've uh, mentioned Derrick Henry to the Ravens. Oh. What does that do to send Baltimore into contention? Look, I think Baltimore is the best team in their division, and that's saying something because Pittsburgh is pretty good defensively. 
although Kenny Pickett has really tiny hands, but still. Um, I think Cincinnati got a massive win on the road in San Francisco and righted their season on the right path. So you could get three teams out of the North in serious playoff contention, and Cleveland is not bad either. They are really tough on defense. Their quarterback is, situation is bad, but they're really tough. I think Baltimore, if they were to just unload here and go get a Devontae Adams to, to put outside uh, Andrews and give Lamar another weapon or – go get a back like Derrick Henry and then take them from a rival in Tennessee because the Titans and the Ravens absolutely hate each other. I, I think it just, at this point in Baltimore, that's the one team, them in Philadelphia. Philadelphia just went out and signed Julio Jones and had him lining up a tight end and stuff in the game. So obviously they still think they need receiver help, even though they've got Smith and Brown and all these other cats. I, if I'm those two teams and guys like this are available and all I have to do is give up some draft picks to do it. I mean, th these are decisions that get you rings. And you, you saw Philadelphia last year fortify their defensive line in the middle of the season going out to get, you know, Lindell Joseph and Ndamukin Sue, and it worked and got them all the way to the Super Bowl. Their depth's a little bit of an issue. They traded a defensive lineman today uh, to Atlanta because Grady Jarrett tore his ACL. So they're going to need some help on the defensive line, but, you know, it, you can alleviate some of those problems defensively when you have elite offensive weapons. I can just imagine what Derrick Henry would look like in the Philadelphia offense behind that offensive line with Jalen Hurts and Swift and Gainwell as like mm -hmm. change-ups with the hammer or him in a Baltimore uniform behind that offensive line with Lamar Jackson. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Super Bowl is Baltimore-Philly right now. And Derrick Henry on either of those teams would just be – on Halloween, it'd be spooky, spooky. That would be some scary shit for a defense. What's interesting to me is the concept that you're saying, if the Ravens target either a running back or a wide receiver, then somehow that catapults them. So ever since Dobbins got injured, you have Gus Ed Edwards, who's coming in, who I think you're, maybe you're discrediting Gus, a, a little bit. Gus Edwards is a hell of a player. So you're, you want to see the tandem back. Well, I just, I'm knowing how they play in Baltimore and how, how much they run the football. Yeah. If, but they I, run I, the football I, with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, true, true. I mean, but they have – there's enough carries to go around, especially as the season gets deeper. Mm -hmm. You know, Donovan's already got hurt. You can't think that your back is just going to carry you all year in a 17-game season. you got to have multiple guys. And if you if you can line up Gus Edwards and you can line up, you know, Henry and Patrick Ricard and Mark mm -hmm. Andrews and – you know, Odell and all the and Zay Flowers and all these dudes. And then Lamar's just out there like weapon, 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 weapon. That's how you that's how you beat teams uh in the AFC in the playoffs, like period. So you've got to match weapons here. And Baltimore just it, it seems to me like with that organization, they are never going to leave a stone unturned. Mm -hmm. And I would not be surprised at all if they make a move today that shocks people. Well, we know because they went for the River Rock. That was Odell Beckham Jr. I think that they could potentially uh, target a Devontae Adams and solve a lot of um, maybe those consistency issues that you're seeing. I think that would be the smarter move. Gus Edwards and what he's doing is just really impressive. Lamar Jackson moves the rock. But let's move on because we have a lot to cover here. But do you just real quickly before we move on from this, the Denver Broncos haven't made any moves. We talked up we've been we've been talking about that because this is this is what we do, but do the Broncos make a move here? What's your gut feeling, dude? Oh, uh, look, the dude abides. And I, I think that right now you have to hold. You have to hold fast 
unless an offer comes in, you can't turn down. And I, I don't know if I don't know what Sutton's contract is. I think he might have another year after this year, or this yeah. is this the is last. He's got one twenty twenty four. Yeah. All right. So I would keep Cortland around. Jerry, he had a great game Sunday, but I still think Jerry Judy's trade bait a little bit. But with Brad Brandon Johnson going out on IR, that might make them hesitant to do it because you don't have any depth. Lowell Jordan Humphrey may not be the guy, but he, he plays well when he gets in there. I mean, his name's Lowell, not Little, by the way, so keep that in mind, Lowell. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I think the Broncos are in a very unique position right now in Denver where they have shown the fan base that they've got signs of life and that they can really play when they're all on the same page and they bought into the system and guy, the right guys are in the right places, which it seems like they are now. I don't know if you want to disrupt that with Russ being 16 and four. And like, even if he's only thrown for 114 yards, take away the sacks and the offensive line stuff, 114 yards with three tutties and like no real big mistakes and then running the ball 40 times like that is that's the way you win football games right there. So I'm uh, I would like to see them get rid of a couple of guys because I like draft picks. But, you know, at this point, I, I think Sean Payton will say, look, we've got a pretty good team. Let's see what we can see. Let's see if we can actually make this work. And, uh, you know, the, the first four weeks of the Broncos season was a train wreck. The last four weeks of the Broncos season has actually been pretty damn productive. So we'll see. We will see. And complacency is the death of us all. So let's hope the Broncos don't decay when they choose not to move off and nothing really changes. We're going to move on to Dolphins versus Kansas City in Germany. Matt, I know you played there in the NFLE. Tell the listeners about your time there, your career there, because I'm pretty excited for this matchup, and I love that the NFL is establishing their roots in different territories, obviously Mexico City and Germany, and they've long been playing in London. How did you feel about your time uh, abroad? Oh, my God. I, look, I played in, in Frankfurt for the Galaxy, but also the digital buttholes, if you ever look at the uh, the – it's disgusting. Um, yeah, it's okay. That's what we do here on zero to 60. We it's... go from zero to 60 real quick, <laughs> all from one to 59. We don't do that. We go zero to 60. You know this. Um, look, Frankfurt, when my time there with NFL Europe, I lived there for eight months. I was on the last year that they allocated players, which means like your team sends you. So the Jets sent me over there to learn offensive line and get 12 games in. Uh, we ended up playing for the title. We lost in the title game. I broke my leg with like two minutes left in the game which sucked. And I went on IR the next year, but it was literally the most fun I think I've ever had playing football. And it wasn't about money or anything. Everybody lived together. And it was just, it was like college after college in Germany and Frankfurt's a hub. So you could go anywhere. And like, we would end up in Amsterdam twice and Paris and Prague and Rome. And like, we went to Warsaw and got right back on the fucking train and went back to Frankfurt because it was not fun. Um, but like, it was, it was an incredible experience, but I'll say this. The fans in Frankfurt, where they're, I'm pretty sure they're going to play where we played in Frankfurt, and that place holds about 100,000. It was so loud. Like, they had bells and whistles and drums and, like, dudes in, like, Coolio came out and sang, was singing at halftime. And Did every you just game. say Coolio? Coolio, son, yeah. <laughs> Gangster's Paradise in Frankfurt. All right, dog. B bunch, of, bunch of Frankfurt Germany guys out there singing Gangster's Paradise with Coolio. So that was weird, but also awesome. Um, I love that, that the NFL is doing this. And I 
there's eight divisions in the National Football League, right? Four on each side. Mm -hmm. And I understand that it would saturate and it would be tough. But I would not I would not put it past the National Football League 20 years from now to have eight new teams around the world and everybody has an international opponent. And they're in there's a team in Frankfurt, there's a team in London, there's a team in Mexico City, there's a team in Toronto. It would have to be its own dis, uh, division, correct? No, you. I, the way I would do it is I would put a different team in every division. I would put an international team in every division. So the AFC West would get Mexico City. The NFC West would get Vancouver The or something like that. The, you know, we're not, we can't go, NFC West can't go to Moscow. They don't get a team. So in Vancouver, the AFC East gets Toronto. The NFC East gets you know, London, or you put two, the NFC and AFC East, both, you get two teams in London. And then the, you know, the South gets Frankfurt, or you put two teams in Germany. They love it over there. I mean, especially in Germany, the German fans were rabid and super pissed off when they, when they folded the league. So I'm so glad they're going back. It's at 930 Eastern. So that'll be an early morning Sunday, but the Dolphins and the Chiefs playing in that game, it's, it's a, it's a premier game at an early time for Americans, but that's okay. Get your ass out of bed and watch. Um, but it's, that will be an absolute, that's like the Super Bowl in Germany for them. That's going to be huge. It is. It's a big game. You obviously have uh, some fun teams, although Kansas city seems to be slipping a little bit in their offensive efficiency. It'll be interesting to see how they match up against the Dolphins defense. Who do you think ultimately wins that game? It's, it's just around the corner. It's on Sunday. Oh man. I, I mean, it's such a toss up because of the travel and, I, I, I mean, would, both teams are traveling, right? Yeah, so they're in the same boat. They're in the same boat. I would take. Well, not in the same boat. They take different planes, but. <laughs> this is true. If you take a boat, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a really That's long time. Suck, I think they probably should have left already. <laughs> yeah, Jack Sparrow's out there like, are we going the right way? Um, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Patrick Mahomes run like Jack Sparrow? He runs just like Jack Sparrow. I like know. his swashbuckling with his hands up. Yeah, with his hands are up, <laughs> and then he kind of like really quickly. Oh, not going to catch me. Tiptoes. If you don't believe me, go look up any highlight of, of uh, Patrick Mahomes running, and you'll never be able to unsee it. Hey, does everybody want to see Brady Crenz real quick? Do you think Taylor Swift's going to go? I, I hate you. I'm so mad at you. you. I'm, I'm, I can't do the show anymore. <laughs> it's 48 I, hours in, and you've already pissed me off. Uh, Let's just okay. I'm so. Go with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins and Tyree Kill will have something to say. I'm also going with the Dolphins because uh, F-U-K-C. Yeah, F-U. If Patrick Mahomes were to dress up as Jack Sparrow, that would be pretty amazing uh, for me in general. But I got I to gotta talk about your Halloween costume and for just awesome a second. It it's offending me. <laughs> but it is Halloween. And if you could, if you could wear any throwback jersey, for the remainder of the season, if you could just watch those teams play. I know you are a fan of the Kelly Green for the Eagles. I like the Creamsicles for the Bucks. Uh, you have the Oilers on here. The Seahawks are okay. I really don't think they're that clean. I I like the green highlighter look better. I think that's just a lot more fun. Uh, but which one's the best? Because I'm going Bucks. All right, so you're going with the Pewters. Look, the, the Kelly Green – Eagle uniforms should be just what they wear all the time. Their alternates should be their blacks. I, I love those uniforms. I look the Oiler uniforms with the red shoes. That was 
holy shit, that was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I just I had flashbacks of like, you know, Warren Moon and Bruce Matthews and Hayward Jefferson and like the, the run and shoot and just back in the day in the 90s watching those teams. I, I find it amazing that they're going to go to Houston later in the season and wear the all-white Oiler throwbacks in Houston against the Texans. So I, I love that uniform. I love the Kelly Greens. I, I love the Seattle's uniforms. Like, I thought the Seahawks uniforms were incredible. I love them. Okay. So I, I personally think that the old throwback uniforms are very, very, very much needed in the new NFL um, it, you know, I think the Broncos will change eventually. They have to. Their, their, their old look is just too clean not to. I would put money on it, and I'm not the biggest fan of the throwback uniforms. I think there's a reason the nostalgia exists and why it is an old school logo. But I know eventually there's nothing I can do about it. The people have spoken. The players have spoken. It will be. probably... Zero to 60 folks. Um, that's just how it goes. That's how we want it. That's the that's, people in Denver want the D on the helmet. These are facts. These are, <laughs> I can't find it. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you folks and say that that's not what we all want here in Broncos country. As a season ticket holder, though, which one do you prefer? Because I know that, like, in your life, this logo has been the one that, like, is most. You know, like to your closest to your heart, right? The the uniforms you watch are the ones you've been watching, correct? Um, Pretty much. Without giving my age to the world, yes. Yes. So I just I the when I was a young man back in my day, those uniforms were just so classic to me, and I just I love them. I think like seventies or so, or like sixty five. Right when they started, I'm talking about the orange and the browns, the vertical socks. Oh no, that's terrible. Oh, those Let's terrible. not. I don't. Anytime yeah. anyone Ooh. brings them up, I don't want to talk about. Like that. makes my head hurt a little bit. They suck. Oh, they're terrible. With like the <laughs> melted Denver Bronco logo, I hate it. I don't even think they're like fun. I don't no, even like. Suck. Oh, look at this. Uh, look how uh, cute we are. Walking into the locker room and being like. Shut the fuck up. No, shut the fuck up. You had to wear the yellow and browns. Well, I was inactive, but yeah, I mean, I, I wore a coat that was brown and yellow and said Broncos on it. And I thought we were at Wyoming. That's disgusting. That terrible. Yeah, no, that's really bad. Although I do think they're, they're going to change the uniforms. They're probably going to melt into some of that throwback. I assume they're bringing back the D. Uh, but if, if throwback uniforms are concerned, there's nothing crisper than being in mile high, seeing the Steve Atwater jerseys that are the white base undertone with the, the orange sleeves and the blue panels. And there's something about that jersey that just looks really nice. My fear is, is that you bring that back full time and it just becomes boring like the current NFL jerseys are. But it is time for a change. The stripe on the Denver Broncos jersey is really old and really weird. Um, so whatever they do moving forward, as long as the primary color is orange, because it's orange and blue, that's all I care about. Yeah, the the home jersey needs to remain orange. I, I, they can have a throwback and wear blue once every now and then. I don't want to see it. Too many teams have blue, and I'm just not you about don't like that. like the all blue? Uh, I mean, it looks fine every once in a while, just like the all whites look fine. It's just orange is the primary color. Orange what, is... what do you think about blue pants or blue pants with orange stripes and white jerseys with blue stripes together? 
like what they did last year and it uh -huh. put people oh I, I loved how it upset it made people that was my probably favorite thing that the broncos did last <laughs> Just season because it pissed everyone off because it made people <laughs> so angry that they couldn't focus on anything else I which couldn't. meant i got to focus on everything else because i don't give a shit like i couldn't focus on anything else i thought it was terrible that, get over it it's a jersey Ugh, it matter you play good look good these oh, are facts okay all right okay if you don't look good you ain't playing good facts I kind of hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's Halloween and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the best Halloween candy in movies real quickly. Uh, I'm going to have to say that mine would be the Reese's, but they have to be the shapes. I've been jumping into the kitchen and stealing all the Reese's pumpkins. So the trick-or-treaters won't be getting any. But also, if I had to go non-traditional, I would go summer uh, the sour gummy worms from Trolley. Uh, those are absolutely legit. Matt, what's your pick for best Halloween candy? Candy corn. I love candy corn. I just love it. And I know that everyone hates it. And I don't know why. I think it's fantastic. Why did you hold on to this information for so long? Because uh, now the way you're looking at the camp, that's why. Because you're like, wow, I really got I got really make some decisions. This guy likes candy corn. I'm gonna have to ask the Believe Network if there's an out in my contract well, because shit, candy man. corn is absolutely terrible. It gets, it's I think it's awesome. And then Carcel in the chat says candy corn is amazing. Okay, listen. Yes. Give me a second. Have you had the Brock's frosting candy corn? So they make Ooh, one no. that's supposed to be like a fun fetty frosting mm. flavor. I can eat about three of those and not want to throw up. So so you like it when it's covered in something different? Yes? Okay, cool. Uh, you know, candy corn's up there. Reese's are up there, obviously. I mean, you're not going to get me, you're not going to, like, shove candy in my face and be like, uh, which one do you want, Matt? All of them. You know, they can't outlaw Skittles here. If they outlaw Skittles in Colorado, I'm moving to Wyoming. <laughs> so. <laughs> do you mean, think we could run a... Uh, like a, a backdoor Skittles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yo, yeah your brain is exactly where I, I need it to Skittles, be. Skittles, man. <laughs> That's exactly. Come over here. I got a whole thing of green ones. What's up? We're going to load up the truck with Skittles. Exactly. Drive, drive to Oakland, start selling Skittles, Carmel, Carmel, Sean Lynch, and be like, yo, I know you want to get on in on this. How can you just outlaw Skittles? Uh, who is the Bengals player who has the deal with uh, 7-Eleven? Is it Jamar? I think it's Jamar Chase. Yeah. yeah, so we'll we'll tag team it with him and Marshawn Lynch, and we'll just start running Skittles across borders. <laughs> We're gonna start Skittle smuggling. Yeah, <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Be ready. Yes. <laughs> this is awesome. Best Halloween movie. Go. Um, okay, so Hall, does it have to be just Halloween, or can it be like a horror movie? What the fuck? Horror movie, movie, right? Like, it's horror movie, right? Anything scary is a Halloween movie, right? Yeah. No. I'm just like is a zombie movie a Halloween movie? Yeah. Okay, make your own rules and tell I me like the scariest this. movie. I, I dig this uh, own rule stuff because it didn't matter what I asked for. You were just going to no, go in the direction I'm gonna that go you both. want. I'm going to go uh, the uh, what is it? Christmas for Halloween or uh, <laughs> what is it called? <laughs> Nightmare Before Nightmare Before Christmas. That's a great one. My kids love that show. Um, I love I'm that a, I'm a huge Dawn of the Dead guy, so like. Ving mm -hmm. Rams is one of my favorite actors ever. Ving. And uh this explains a lot. That movie kicks ass. So that that one's up there. Um if you want to talk about like slasher films, I don't really like those movies. I think that 
the people in it are really stupid and soft and always run upstairs. That's the point of the slasher. They though. never fight the slasher guy though. Like, why don't you just if you're gonna get killed anyway? Why don't you? Just are you trying to tell me that you want to see more logic out of your slasher films? I just put myself in the position and I go, okay, I would not run. I'm fighting Michael Myers. I'm going after Freddy. Well, that's a really short movie then. Yeah, because I'm going to whip Michael Myers' ass. That's <sighs> correct. If you want to be, <laughs> you want to fight with Matt about best horror slasher what, Halloween movies, favorite? it's The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a all year round movie. And I consider it a Halloween movie too. Uh, I really do like Joyride with Paul Walker. And um, that's a good ass movie. It is. It's, that is a good ass movie. I know. That's why I picked it. If you want to argue movies with Matt Moore today, you can join him at 2 p.m. He has Eric Weddle, 14 year NFL safety, as they discuss this the NFL and college safety position. They'll be on at 2 p.m. Right here, subscribe, set your notifications. We're going to talk about safeties in, in college. Shiloh Sanders, obviously, with that bullshit call from this weekend. I can't wait to listen and tune in. Make sure you're back with us tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. And we'll talk to you soon. Matt, anything else? Happy Halloween. Be safe out there. Kids, make sure you brush and flush your teeth tonight. <laughs> the dude abides. Adios.